right here on Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? A look back at the athlete's journey, a walk down memory lane, all the way up to the present, a discussion about teammates, impact coaches, competition, and how their team prepared them for real life. We groove with it all. Host David Riley, Tim Moore, and Princess Cooper, live on www.NeverHadItSoGoodSportsRadio.com. Never had it so good, Sports Talk Radio. I am live from Gainesville, Florida. I wanted Duck, Riley, and Tim Moore to know that, that I'm in heaven here, Duck, Riley. And um, welcome to the show, sir. Man, I'm speechless after that one. But anyway, uh, (laughs) I'm just happy you made it safely. Tim Moore, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little jealous of uh, you and that good Florida weather, and I'm up here in Virginia. <laughs> Needless so, to say, I don't have the kind of weather you get. As a matter of fact, we left South Carolina with um, tornado warnings all last night and um, storming until we got to the um, Georgia line, or at least that's what Rhea told me because I was asleep. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> I, I heard that conversation about not even offering to drive. <laughs> In my defense, Tim Moore, he's pulling a um, construction trailer. So now, if it was just uh, yeah, but the construction trailer and the truck, no, I I, I wasn't going to to offer my services. And before we get Jordan Clark in here, Duck Riley Tim Moore, pro day for the University of Florida is March 30th. So I am actually going down to pro day to watch Anthony Richardson and to see how many scouts come and just to see how it goes. How about that? That's, that's going to be a great idea. Hopefully the young man will do well, Precious. I want him to do well. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Um, not a lot of tape on him, but I'm rooting for all of them, and, and I want to see him succeed. He definitely has the intangibles. Can he get the rest um, right? And I and I am one for not a football scout, but I think he can. So um, I guess we've wasted enough time on Florida. Duck and Tim, let's get in. Our guest here never had it so good. Where are they now? Our guest is Jordan, Jordan Clark. Mr. Clark, how are you? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. really good. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Awesome, awesome. I'll let Tim and Duck start with you, and I'll come back at the end. Gentlemen. Okay, uh, Jordan. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the beginning. I'm just gonna talk to you about how it started. How did you get started in sports? And then we will just kind of go from there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you want to talk to me about how you got started and what sport yeah. did you get started with? Okay, okay. Um, well, when I was, well, when I was, when I was a baby, when my parents first got me started, was I started out playing baseball. Actually, um, started out doing t-ball. I played baseball for about eight years. Um, so 
probably all the way up until middle, um, like elementary school, middle school. Um, I played baseball, and during that time, when I got a bit older, father introduced me to uh, football. And you know, all the time I was always watching the Eagles on TV and, and Steelers play, and uh, I just always saw Donovan McNabb throwing the ball around. So my dad, <laughs> of course, took notice to that. And he uh, he's like, hey, you want to play football? I'm like, yeah, it'll be that'll be great. And uh, so ever since I was like about what well, I could say six, seven years old, I was playing football, um, and I went through that all through my um, elementary school and uh, middle school uh, years uh, as a teen. And when I got to middle school. I actually got myself um, started running track and track took me on a, a amazing trajectory. I, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I, like besides like football, I, I, we did a little bit of traveling cause um, we did like, like basically like um team versus team, like within Cherry Hill. But then we brought it, uh, we expanded and we started going against teams from other townships, other, other uh, counties and everything like that. So we do more of a travel league. So besides football, um, football like took me down to Daytona where we had a uh, it was like a they host like a big championship down there um, throughout the years for for youth league football teams. And you know, I went down there twice, had an amazing experience with that. And then, like I said, when I came over, um, I you know went to middle school. I started getting involved in track, and then that took me over to learning how to sprint, and that helped a lot with football, um, doing that at the same time. And uh, I fell in love with that as well. And my, both my parents were uh, track athletes back in back in the, when they were in college and in high school, and younger kids even, like, doing, like, uh, club teams. Um, and my dad ran track in college. My mom ran track as well. And my dad went to Edinburgh State College in uh, Pittsburgh, and my mom went to WVU eventually, and uh, was actually the first African American woman to graduate from engineering school there. So that was a pretty interesting uh, fact. He let me know, and um, I found out pretty fast that my sister ended up going to that school, and they uh, contacted her to do a speech there. So she was, we're on the way driving to West Virginia, and she's writing a speech in the car to give at the school. So I thought that was a pretty cool experience. And, um, what, you say something? No, no, no. You, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Just You can <laughs> talk about West Virginia as much as you want, but go go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful school. I, I went up there. They were doing a whole, whole bunch of stuff. It was like my first time being at a really big school like that, and they really got to understand what, those big how those big schools run and function. So it was a pretty interesting experience. But um but yeah, more or less to get back to it, when I um when I ended up getting uh when I finished out middle school, you know, I went to the Penn Relays, went to the Penn Relays every year and that was always a, a great experience to do, you know, watch Jamaica run, got to see Hussein Bolt for the one time that he uh that he appeared <laughs> there, um after years and years. So I thought that was a that was a really cool experience as well, and that really you know, opened my eyes to you know really falling in love falling in love with track. And um, trust me, I love football. Um, I was when I went to high school, 
I play both sports. Um, they both opened up great opportunities for me when it came to, you know, college, college and uh, being able to, to compete at the higher level in college sports. So as a uh, football, I end up being a uh, first team, all uh, well, first team uh, all conference for as a safety. So I am coming into, into actually into high school as a quarterback and I loved it, but it just ended up not being for me. It wasn't really doing, doing too well. And the, then some of my coaches said, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, become a defensive back and uh, or wide receiver since I was usually the fastest guy on my team. So, I mean, that also just came from the whole track side of things. When you mix track and football together, it's usually a great combination if you're a, a sprint athlete. Um, so when, when uh, I was introduced to that, I just took off with that, and then I, I started playing safety. And that's what really got me my college offers. Um, I usually, I got an offer from University of Delaware, Wagner College, Wesley uh, College, and University of Texas in El Paso, um, and uh, Rhode Island. And uh, then when it came to track, track actually put me at a bit, a bit of a higher, a higher standard because one of my old teammates um, who went to my high school, uh, Johnny Jackson, he ended up going to LSU for a hammer throw. And uh, I, I believe also he, he does discus as well. But I asked him, like, hey, like, since you're there, like, what are the qualifications? Like, what is your coach looking for when it comes to um, track athletes? Because I I was a hurdler when I, when I came into um, high school. My track coach was like, hey, what, what do you want to do, basically? And I was like, yeah, my dad did hurdles. I'll do, I'll do hurdles. <laughs> and it was pretty a pretty easy um, pretty easy answer for me when I, when he asked me I was actually surprised myself I was like oh I'll do hurdles shoot why not and um, and that that just took off from there and when they, uh when I ended up competing I actually got injured multiple times uh, to football track um, but you know the main the main important thing was that I just you know, follow the plan what the doctors told me, and uh, to you know come back more healthy and, and stronger. So I ended up getting meniscus tear in football, and I ended up tweaking my like pulling my hamstring like probably about three times in track. Um, so I'm always a big component of warming up now and and understanding on how to get yourself ready to to compete the right way. Um, so that that's also carried well over until when I was hurdling because it's such a form-based event. Um, if the slightest little thing can throw you off, and you know, fast forwarding through high school, um, when it came to hurdles, like I said, I talked to my friend Johnny to help me get that scholarship and um, see what so I can try to see if I can get to LSU. That was like a, a big dream of mine back then. Um, to compete, I like be able to compete for one of these big schools. Uh, and when it came down to it, he's like, "Hey, the coach likes your height, GPA is great, everything's good. If you can just get to a, a fourteen, it was um, it was a fourteen one, fourteen point one in the hurdles. He's like, they'll offer you. I was like, hey, sounds great. I'll I'll, I'll do my best. And um, I event, I I got close. I got close, but uh, cause I came in sectional championships 
um, for the New Jersey, South Jersey Group 4. I came in with like a 14-9, and just that meet was just the, that meet, and I ended up running 14-6 uh, for the trials, and then when we came back for the finals, I ran 14-38. So I ended up beating my, beating my school record twice. And uh, so I'm the record holder for my school for the 110 hurdles. And uh, that's something that still stands today. So I'm a little little bit proud proud about that fact. So I'm happy about that. Hopefully it stays there for a while. But I encourage anybody, (laughs) anybody to come and try to break it. You know, there was a young man who I I got to meet um, a couple years ago who was supposed to get close to that taller kid. He really good athlete. But you know, COVID ended up happening, so I don't think he—I don't think he was able to able to do it. Um, but uh, track has been a great experience. I ended up getting a scholarship to Monmouth University, though, so that was also a plus. Even though I didn't get the LSU offer, I was like, I still managed to get that Division One offer that I wanted so badly, and um, went to Monmouth for a year. Um, did did pretty did pretty well. It was just an issue with something that happened. I have no clue what happened, but something that happened with my grades or like it, I literally got accepted to the school, got the scholarship. Summer went by. And I'm here in the fall now, like practicing, getting ready for our first meet, and then I get called in the last week before the meet to say like, hey. Um, something happened with the NCAA and they're like not letting you compete. I was like, for what? They're like, they changed the standard for GPA requirements to compete. I was like, but the school year has been over. Summer went by and everything like that. And there's nothing they could have done. I wrote an appeal letter, everything. Um, I had a learning disability. So I was like, you know, like pushing that, like, Hey, like I had this going on if anything. So I'm like, can, like, is this, does this change anything? But all the effort was to no avail. And then I ended up um, not being able to, to team that season. Um, so I ended up go, um, running unattached with the team since I could still run. I just couldn't uh, compete uh, with the uniform on, which was an unfortunate unfortunate reality um i worked really hard and i i thought i I really put the work in so i thought you know it was all you know it ended up being all for nothing at that point but i still kept my head up and i still pushed through it and when it came down to it uh i ended up after that year after that that full year of school i ended up uh transferring to uh, lincoln university and was brought in with open arms uh by the by the school amazing staff um dr and reverend Faison um over there at lincoln university who really helped me out as well as as well as william bailey uh the interim head coach at the time when i got there because um that was there um, prior to me getting there was transferring school to east stroudsburg i believe um so he helped me out tremendously and then that's what also well, he's well, Mr. Uh, Bailey was also a big reason on why I got into bodybuilding. Um, as I, it's not well. He's one of the reasons that he he was one of the reasons that helped me when it came to bodybuilding. 
Um, while I was there, I was, I had the red shirt for the year, so I would still run track, but also I would be lifting. So I met a couple of like new friends at Lincoln, uh, my friend Nathan and my friend Terrell, um, both Jamaican brothers, great people. Um, we both, uh, actually they're doing great, both doing great things right now. So I'm happy for them. And, um, we all keep in contact and, uh, they don't live that far. My friend Nathan actually just moved from Jamaica to Florida this, um, last year or the year prior to that one of the, one of the two. And, uh, my friend Terrell right now, he's got his own place. He's a full-time photographer, photographer and videographer. And he's doing, he just did, um, he's doing a whole bunch of great things right now and doing a whole bunch of short films and he's just working, working his behind off. So no, I'm proud of both of those guys, but they're also one of the main reasons I got to bodybuilding myself. And they told me from the jump, you know, if, if I had a great physique and, you know, I start working out with them every day. So we no nonsense working out. We would wake up 6am in the morning um, during school, you know, work out, get our workout in, get our breakfast, you know, and head to class. And and then also I would have track practice in the evening or, you know, uh, late afternoon, evening time, and sometimes in the morning. So I would end up, end up working out three times a day sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a pretty good experience for me to understand how to be organized and to push myself on my academics to be able to, you know, perform well as well as, you know, maintain the maintain my position with the track team. Um uh what's it called work towards an, another goal which was the whole bodybuilding. Uh my uh, whole Jordan, new body Jordan, uh let me jump in for a second because I want uh before Tim asks you a question too, I wanna understand how hard was it to continue bodybuilding and running track too? Did one take away from the other or Kind of explain that to the listeners because, you know, somebody might be listening and say, I want to, you know, work on bodybuilding, but I don't know if that's going to affect me running track or playing another sport. Yes, yes. So when it came when it came down to me bodybuilding and running track at the same time, it it's all about training, how serious you take your training. So when it comes when it comes down to it, those things that um, some schools do it, some schools don't. But well, actually, well, most schools do do it, so I can't say that. But if I'm running, if you're running track and you want to get into bodybuilding, it's actually one of the, actually a great thing for muscle growth and for conditioning of your muscle. It's actually sprints. That's why I see a lot of sprinters. They look pretty muscular, even though they might not be as cut as a bodybuilder. But that's also falling in line with the diet piece of, piece of it. But we they almost look the same. But as in when it comes to training and you know training and, and food and, and consumption of food and nutrition, it's a whole other aspect as, a, a, along with that. So um, I had to eat pretty healthy. I couldn't slack on my meals. So if I I can't sit out here and eat pizza every weekend, I could still have fun, but at the same time, I'm I was really self conscious about what I ate, and that's why I also said when it came to Coach Bailey, um, we when during COVID when they invited us back to school, 
because um, the per, previously earlier that year we had to get sent home early because that's when COVID first you know broke out in like January 2021, like those first couple months when they were deciding what to do with us, and then uh, ended up sending us home. That following in the fall, they um, brought all the athletes back to school, only the athletes though. So our coaches had the idea, oh, let's, you know, since we can't leave school, you guys are basically here and we can only compete at meets um, and you guys are confined to your building, we're going to help you guys out and we're going to go, like, order food for you guys from Walmart so you guys just don't have to eat school food. And because there was so much school food anyway because all the food being brought to each individual, um, each individual dorm room for every athlete that was on campus. So they can't, to, for the staff per, staffing purposes, you can't just, you know, it's going to take a long time to do that as well as have, like, the, all the regular food you would have on a normal school for a normal school year. Our coaches would go to Walmart, order us all of our groceries, and bring it back to the school and, you know, divvy it out to each individual who ordered whatever. And that's what helped me stay on my nutrition when I when I got back to school as well as, I was on my first prep for my bodybuilding show during that time, um, which was going to be the next, I was prepping for a show that was next year in June. Uh, So like November, 2020 is when I officially started my prep for, for bodybuilding while I was at school, you know, prepping for track meets. Um, So mainly when it comes to bodybuilding and track, it's getting your, like the most proper rest, staying hydrated and, and eating. Cause you can only do so much training in the gym. Um, also, that's another thing is my coach didn't really mind me training at the time. He didn't mind me training, doing my thing. I would come out to some of the, you know, as the, some of the practices for the weight room with the track team, but I would mainly do my own thing in the morning. So my coach really didn't have an issue with that. Um, so all that being said, it can it can be done. It's the training isn't that like rigorous to where it's like, oh, it's impossible to train for a track and for a track and field event, especially as my, as a hurdler. I want to be light. I want to be quick, and that's exactly what I was able to do. Because if you trained the right way, and you followed the instruction of your coach, you can get a whole bunch of stuff done and push yourself to where you believe, like, to where you didn't think you'd take yourself. I didn't think in high school, even when I was at Monmouth, um, that I could ever be 180 pounds, 190 pounds, and be running hurdles. But that's simply not true, even though I saw the world record holder, Aries Merritt, who was a 6'1", 160, running hurdles. I found out pretty quickly that there's other athletes who are, like, my size, who are, who are above above 160, 170, 180, 190 even, that can run hurdles. Case in point, David Oliver. Usain Bolt is, I believe, 200 pounds. Um, even though these are taller guys, uh, I'm six foot myself, they can be done. And as well as you also maintain your flexibility, work on your stretching, and like I said, getting that proper rest because being a track athlete, if you really want to do something good, regardless of the bodybuilding with track or just itself or just bodybuilding itself, 
you need your rest. And that's what a lot of kids lack, and that's what a lot of kids used to ask me when I was at school is, you know, how do I get better here? How do I get better there? How, how do I get bigger? How do I, like, how do I, like, why am I aching so much? Like, okay, how long do you sleep? I only get five hours. Well, that's your problem. You're not even getting seven, the bare minimum, as well as um, when it comes to bodybuilding. You need just seven to eight hours of rest. You need at least more than four meals. A lot of kids are just eating two meals. Like you can, you're able to get three because there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You just have to get up and do it. Some kids just lack the ability, but the want to do the things that they know are beneficial for them, which I understand. But at the same time, not everybody's goals are the same. But that just goes case in point. If you really want something, you have to really put the work in to get those things done, and it's sacrifices. Okay, uh, Tim, you got one question uh, asked before we move on to the next show? Yes, sir. No, I'm, no I, I think you answered my question. It was about the uh, the transition from uh, from track to uh, to bodybuilding. Okay, uh, uh, Jordan. Look, we appreciate having you on. We got to hopefully we can do this again, especially if people have questions. Uh, for uh, Never Hit It So Good Radio, I'd like to thank Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, and Jordan Clark, I guess. All right. Good night. Thank you. Thank you, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.